have a few questions for us to talk about today. Do you know the difference between peacekeeping and peacemaking? What does peace of mind look like during a global pandemic? And how do I make peace with my past so I can live into freedom? Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. I'm Janelle, your host for today's conversation. It's a brand new year, and it's a brand new season. We are in our fourth season, hard to believe. And I'm calling this season's episodes Stronger Every Day. Yeah, it's based on my brand new book that I'm so happy has launched out into the world and is now available at bookstores everywhere. I've been hopping into the bookstores in my area and signing copies and leaving little notes, and I just hope that they land in the perfect person's hands, someone who needs encouragement, strength, and empowerment. And so over the course of this episode and perhaps the following episodes, we're just going to see where this goes. We are going to be working our way through Stronger Every Day, Nine Tools for Becoming an Emotionally Healthy You. Please, if you haven't ordered your copy, order it today. Amazon is a click away. And be sure to bring your book with you when you listen to the podcast. Of course, if you're walking like I do when I listen to podcasts, that's going to be impossible. But I'm going to be referencing page numbers and reading from the book as well. So we're just going to grow. This this year is all about growing, and my one word for the year is open, being wide open to doors of opportunity and influence and effective service opening before me. So being open to what opens. And today I want to start a conversation, kind of what we call in literature and media race, in the middle of the story. Because I have been listening to my clients over the past few months and to my own heart, and there seems to be a repetitive theme, and that's what we do here in the Stronger Everyday community and on our podcast. I'm so grateful for my clients' stories, for their willingness to endure their healing journey, and I'm mostly grateful for their trust. Each client has led me to seek better repair methods for healing the broken places of the heart, mind, and soul. As a result, this methodology that I have called the Heart Lift Method is a fusion of counseling, coaching, and spiritual direction that I curated just for you and for me. And I've curated nine tools and done it with great intention, study, observation, and prayer. Separately, each tool of this book can stand on its own merit. 
But when combined, the tools create an emotional and spiritual synergy that accelerates the healing process and optimizes the outcomes. And let me walk through these nine tools as we're beginning today on this journey. I will later come back and dig deep into them. But today, I just kind of want to give an overview. That's what teachers do, right? And so we start with meaningfulness. Each chapter in the book is referred to as a tool. So tool one is step across the threshold. The pursuit of meaningfulness comes from the study of positive psychology and a beautiful Greek word, eudaimonia. And eudaimonia means finding your flow, finding what gives you meaning. And positive psychologists have concluded in their work that the most successful, the most, the happiest, the most satisfying life is a life that is pursuing meaningfulness. And so we dig deep into that in our very first tool. Tool two is secure attachment. If you know me, I pound the table really loud when it comes to attachment theory. Finding secure attachment and earning it in my own life was a complete and total game changer. And so I had to have it first and foremost in the book. I also have an attachment quiz on JanelleRairden.com that you can hop over and take so that you can find out where you land in your own attachment. Tool three is shape healthy thoughts, cognitive reframing. We all have thought cycles in our brain, feedback loops. Some are very healthy, some are very unhealthy, some are even toxic. And so here at the get-go, we get deep inside our brain and figure out, why do I think the way I think? What makes me think that way? What perhaps have I picked up along my journey in my personality, how I show up for life? What have I picked up? What defense mechanisms have I armored up with? And now they shape my perception and my thinking. So we go deep so that we can go wide and live our meaningful, beautiful life. Tool four, shift from shaming to gracing. And we learn all about self-compassion and how to have compassion towards ourselves. Tool five is healthy assertiveness. I'm going to touch on tool five. As I said, I'm going to start in media race today. I'm going to start in the middle of the story because I believe that we need to understand not only what healthy assertiveness looks like, particularly within the Christian framework, and understand what the difference between peacekeeping and peacemaking is. I'm going to answer one of those original questions and hopefully answer them all by the end of today's episode. And then we move to tool six, which brings spiritual growth. And tool seven is memory reconsolidation, that powerful, remarkable tool that I use within my own life and practice of aroma freedom technique and healing the neural pathways of our brain so that we can clear out all of those unhealthy feedback loops and replace them and rewire them and redeem them with our healthy 
feedback loops. And then we close the book with human connection, human connection. So I want to start with this quote today. It's a beautiful quote. And I think it frames our our commitment to the healing journey that Stronger Every Day leads us on. Saying yes to the call tends to place you on a path that half of yourself thinks doesn't make a bit of sense. But the other half knows your life won't make sense without it. So I'm just going to warn you, I'm going to forewarn you today that there are a lot of comparisons in today's episode. A lot of looking at one word and then another word. So brace yourself. We may go a little into the intellect today. The latter part continually pushing us out from within us like a centrifugal force keeps driving us toward authenticity against the tyranny of fear and inertia and occasionally reason, against terrific odds and against the knocking in our hearts that signals the hour. So what I circled when I was preparing for this today, and actually for six weeks we've been off from our podcast, so my mind just ruminates and collects pieces of information, and then I put it all together that hopefully will be a cohesive uh, affect in our lives. But when we answer this call, this beckoning to change our lives, to make a change in an area of our life, and maybe not even change, but commit to becoming stronger than we've ever been in our lives, this is a call that splits us in two. Because on the one hand, we're like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I don't I don't want to, I don't want to do that. That's going to make things get hard. Change is going to mess my hair up. It's going to ruffle some feathers. I might lose some friends. I might make some people angry at me. And that makes my people pleasing uh, really uncomfortable. But on the other hand, we know that we can't stay the same. So it really is a crossroads that we stand at when, especially at the threshold of a brand new year, and especially in the midst of a global pandemic, when we have faced things in our lives because we haven't been able to get away from them, not only in our personal life, but in our marriages, our family systems, our family of origins, our workplace systems, our churches, we aren't getting away from these things. They're knocking at our door and requiring us to make a very firm decision. Do I want to stay the same? and remain comfortable in all of my habits, my unhealthy habits, my ruts, my ridges? Or do I want to make a decision, a next right decision, as Emily P. Freeman says so beautifully, to change? And we know that our life is not going to be meaningful, and it's not going to make sense until we do. And a huge part of that is making peace with our past making peace with those things in our life that agitate us still or trigger us or we keep tripping over because the roots are getting bigger and bigger and maybe even for years we pushed and swept it under the rug, which we know means we sweep it into our nervous system and we're increasingly getting more anxious and more anxious We're flipping our lids more. We are becoming less satisfied and discontent with our life. And I always say, you know, if I change, what's going to happen in the relationships around me, in the systems around me, 
Is it going to make people uncomfortable, make me uncomfortable? Well, the answer is probably a very big yes. So let's frame this as we're moving forward that we know that we are in a tension. We know that we're going to have to make a tough decision during this process. So that's why I wanted to start in the middle of the book today and talk about making peace with our past. And we can't make peace with our past unless we really have a solid understanding, a solid grasp of the difference between peacekeeping and peacemaking. So just last week, I had a client say to me, she was in a tough spot with a family of origin. And she said, you know, if I stand up for myself here and I stand up for my family and it's going to it's gonna ruffle someone's feathers and they're going to get angry and they're not going to like me anymore. And I said, boy, have I been there. I get that. I used to stand in the middle of the messes in my family of origin and think that I was superwoman and could heal them all and help everyone. And it was a total disaster. And I learned grave lessons about the difference between peacekeeping and peacemaking. So let's just dive in. Put you got boots on, put some boots on. This is going to be deep today, but it's going to be so good because it's going to allow us to go really wide and really live a better life. So when we think of the word peacemaker, I'll start there. Peacemaker comes from Matthew 5, 9, from the Beatitudes, the first series of sermons that Jesus Christ gave in his ministry here on earth. And Matthew 5, 9 reads, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Let me just repeat that. I'm going to just take a few moments and I'm going to say it a couple times. And I just want you to let those words soak deep into your soul. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. In the Greek, this peacemaker is translated down into arena poyas, arena poyas, and from the root word irena, irena. I think that would be a beautiful name, irena. And it means to join, to make. And when I researched, I found these beautiful, beautiful definitions for peacemaker and peacekeeper from Caitlin Garrison on thebarefootblog.com. She writes, A peacemaker is someone who is willing to resolve inner turmoil in order to establish peace within and within others. That was very key to me. So I'm going to read it again. Someone who's willing. (laughs) Circle that. (laughs) Write that down. Someone who is willing to resolve inner turmoil in order to establish peace with others and peace within themselves. So this is an active posture. That's what I want you to keep 
really, really close to heart and in the front of your prefrontal cortex. Active, peacemaker. Peacekeeper, on the other hand, here we are, we're, we're at that other hand now, desires to maintain peace by avoiding conflict. So what we're circling here is maintain and avoid. So peacekeepers are passive. Have you ever known a peacekeeper, a passive aggressive person? Oh, I'm raising my hand. Yes. First in line, I was a peacekeeper my most of my life. And when I had this revelation, and I had it after listening to a beautiful Beth Moore teaching that I will bring, be bringing that to the table when I do a YouTube teaching on this, so stay tuned. It was a revelational word to understand that, Janelle, you are a passive, aggressive person. You do not deal well with conflict. And so I knew I had to first and foremost have a shift in my posture in life and more importantly, be willing. So that's a really key point. And that's what I share with my client last week. I was like, yeah, here you are. You're, you are at a crossroads. You are at a crossroads where you're going to have to make a decision in your healing transformative journey of becoming whole that you're going to be willing to make some people mad. You're going to have to be willing to make some people maybe even angry. You're going to have to be willing to, to make people not like you. You're going to be willing to be maybe defriended, be, you know, blocked on social media. You're going to have to be willing to take this risk to resolve within yourself this inner turmoil inside of yourself. And then you're going to have to be willing to establish. You know, when we're a peacekeeper, there's no inner resolution. The inner turmoil just gets repressed, suppressed, oppressed, and you become depressed. So there might be a seeming sense of peace because there's not any drama, but nothing's resolved. It's just swept under the rug. And it might sound like this. Okay, everybody, just calm down. No drama here. Everybody get along. Come on. But nothing's resolved. So it's a fake peace. It's an illusion. And we want real peace. New year, new real me, you. We want peace at all cost, even if it costs us a lot. This is hard. You know I am never going to tell you this is easy stuff, but it's empowering and I have done it. I've walked through it. I would never guide you had I not walked through this journey first. So I'm calling back to you with some wisdom, some pain, some really tough memories, but not triggers because I have consolidated them, thankfully. And so our next step of looking at one hand and then the other is when we look at the two words, maintain and establish. So maintain, are you ready for this? It's This was such a good study that I want to dig so much deeper, and I know it's going to be in my next book project. <laughs> so maintain means to keep, there it is, in an existing state. 
Everybody just calm down, be nice, let it go, forgive each other, come on. That's keeping something in an existing state, and that state, if I might add, is usually unhealthy, often even toxic. And it's hurtful, and it causes great harm. And if you need to have any fuller understanding of that before you go on, please, Overcoming Hurtful Words was my last book. I talk in depth about this, how to do it, how to garner your willingness and your resolve. I talk a lot more in that book, and tons of previous season episodes are based from Overcoming Hurtful Words. So you can go back and do a little extra, but establish. Now listen, establish means, and it's the third part of Stronger Everyday, Nine Tools to an Emotionally Healthy You. I have three tools under this establish section. Establish means to found, like you are founding a company or putting the foundation on a home. You're establishing the foundation of that home that you are building and making sure that it's being established on the rock and not on sinking sand. So establish means to institute, to build, to bring into being on a firm, stable basis. So the teacher in me just wants to drill this home. So on one hand, we if we maintain something, we're a peacekeeper. We're just keeping something in an existing state because we're not willing to take the risk to resolve it by creating conflict. So if you know anything about the beautiful Enneagram, ancient beautiful system of understanding the motives in our personality, you know that Enneagram 9s tend to be called the peacemakers, but very often, if found in an unhealthy state, they are peacekeepers because they're more passive-aggressive. They don't like conflict. (laughs) So, but if we choose to establish peace, right, or to build a home based in peace, or to move towards being more whole in our life, it's going to require that we become a peacemaker. It's going to require us to be peacemakers. And that's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be risky. It's going to cause us to get sweaty palms and hearts that race and maybe even get a headache or a stomach ache. And it's going to have us run away and hide under the covers. So in a beautiful article by Emily Hall, a a beautiful woman who works for World Relief, I found it on iBelieve.com, she writes, peacemaking often doesn't look very peaceful. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. The idea of making peace is complex. She writes, for years, people have complimented my peaceful spirit. And I understood that phrase to mean this, agreeable, quiet soft, and pleasant. I thought that was my peacemaking contribution to the world around me. But the more I look, she writes, at the lives of other women who sought to make peace in this life, the more I realize that making peace is so much more. It's quiet sometimes, but other times it's loud. Okay, let me reread that. Making peace is quiet 
sometimes, but other times it's loud. And that's what I had to get through my thick skull. (laughs) And that's where I had to grow. And I had to grow a lot. I had to put a lot and a lot, a lot of time and energy into studying and researching and taking courses and getting some help through counseling and therapy and mentors to really understand how to handle conflict well. I garnered a great deal of help from nonviolent communication, the beautiful system. I use it in my practice and in my personal life and highly recommend that to you. I have several episodes on our previous podcast seasons, season two, episode 23 and 24 on healthy assertiveness and accountability is season two, episode 22, because here we have another on the other hand, we have healthy assertiveness and peacemaking and they go hand in hand. So you can't be a peacemaker unless you understand how to be assertive. So let's dig down one more time and go into another parallel of studying words. So to keep something means to cause something to continue in a specified course, position, or condition. To keep it, to continue it, to not change anything. We're just going to keep it the same. But make means to form something by putting parts together. So I'm going to add here, in light of becoming stronger every day and becoming the emotionally healthy person that you and I want to become, we're going to form something brand new in our lives by putting together these nine tools and we're going to combine them with the powerful synergy that they have when they're put together in order to construct and create our new beautiful self. Actually, we're calling back to our true God-breathed self, but we've forgotten who that person is because of life's shapes and life's journeys. So we are going to also dig in to understanding what it means to be assertive. We find this in tool six, soak in living water, right in the middle of Stronger Every Day, nine tools for an emotionally healthy you. Hence, we're starting in the middle. But I really wanted us to have this groundwork. I I want to establish within you the truth that before you begin this journey, wow, you are really going to have to access within yourself this capacity to risk peacemaking because you will face circumstances, relationships, conversations in which you're going to have to stand up for yourself. And so it's hard. I tell you, it's a hard thing to learn how to do, but I'm here and we're going to do it. So if you have the book, turn to page 145, and I'm just going to read an excerpt to you. Five keys to finding your new voice. When I began my own journey, I needed a great deal of help to understand what healthy assertiveness looked like in real life. Boy, did I. I may have looked assertive on the outside, but I often found myself feeling timid and afraid to say what I wanted or needed to say, even within my own family. My journey looks like this. Little Miss People Pleaser became Little Miss Husband Pleaser, Little Miss Children Pleaser, and even Little Miss Church Lady Pleaser. 
I didn't want to be rejected or misunderstood or left out. Are you kidding me? I wanted everyone to be happy, even at the cost of my own emotional health. And I I will add here, my own spiritual health. They're integrated. We We can't divide them. We're spirit, soul, and body. Now I'm on page 146. Sometimes writing a new narrative is daunting. You may ask yourself, am I up to this? Oh, does it even matter? Is what I'm doing making any difference at all? Oh, the answer, my friend, is yes, yes, yes. Much like entering a new country, a new narrative requires learning a new language. The language of emotional, relational, and many times spiritual health. So the tools in this book work. They will work for you and help you find your voice. So to increase your capacity for healthy assertiveness, which I add adds and improves your entire life, I want you to adopt the following five keys to finding your voice to help you make the necessary changes to move forward. Now, as we go through these, I'm not going to read them thoroughly. I'm just going to lay them out for you and we'll come and we'll come back and revisit them later in later episodes. But for today, I just want you to frame this in the form that you are being called to be a peacemaker and that will require you to have healthy assertiveness in your communication toolbox. So, V. V is for value yourself and validate others. Ask, how do I talk to myself? Just take a moment here. How do you talk to yourself? Hmm. Is it healthy? Is it unhealthy? How is your self-talk? Use your voice to speak healing words first and foremost to yourself. And always like the Proverbs 31 woman, I want you to clothe yourself and everyone in your sphere of influence with strength and dignity by speaking healing words. Oh, optimize your skills. As I just said, I had no idea how to use my voice in a way that was healthy. I had been a repressor my entire life. Invest time and energy into your mental and personal development. Have a a growth mindset. I have a wealth of information just right here on this podcast that you can go back to and listen to. Originally, when I started the podcast, it was an overflow of what I felt didn't get said during the sessions with my clients. And it has just developed into a beautiful space where we can grow mentally and spiritually healthy. I initiate healthy behavior patterns and healthy communication skills. That goes hand in hand with learning and growing. You want to be the one in the room to direct conversations that are healthy, diplomatic, and steeped in wisdom and integrity. There has to be at least one person in the family system, in the workplace, in the community activities, in the church, who is in the center as a heart lifter, creating safe spaces where people can grow 
and feel safe and sound and heard. C is communicate clearly. This is where that nonviolent communication study comes in. It helps you be direct, be discerning, and be diplomatic. You say what you need to say with grace and candor. This will create some drama on many occasions or tension or hard truth, but the end result will be a healthier system, a healthier you and a healthier system. So as we like to say, short-term pain for long-term gain. This also includes, and I will add this now, when you communicate clearly, there is no finger pointing, no blaming, shaming. Mm -mm. If at all possible, you're bringing strength and not sarcasm. Lastly, E, energize the room. Nothing, and I repeat, nothing sucks the life out of a room, out of a family, out of a system, like unhealthy, toxic communication. Nothing. We are called to energize the spaces where our feet land, the rooms that we enter the relationships that we sit at the table with. So that was a lot. I know we're starting off with a heavy hitter, but isn't it good? Isn't it good to sit for a while and work on your emotional health and your spiritual well-being? Isn't it good to to grow and to get better? I'm in and I I'm in for you. And I pray that today has helped you understand a little better what it means to be a peacemaker and how making peace with our past helps us have a peace of mind. Peace of mind. Oh, and before I forget, let's just end. How about we end with understanding what peace actually means, its definition, because it's going to shed a great deal of light on how we're moving forward. So peace, the definition that I love the most means a state of quiet or tranquility, freedom from disturbance or agitation. And this is applicable to society or to individuals or as we add to families. And it it's a temper of our mind. And when you read through the definitions of peace that are offered, I I use the Webster's 1828, the definitions all begin with freedom, freedom from war, freedom from internal commotion, freedom from private quarrel, freedom from disturbance, from fear, from terror, from anger, from anxiety. It means a quietness of mind. So peace is a quality that we possess inside of our minds, our mental state, our emotional health. And that's why we're starting with it today. So my friends, I leave you with the words of Jesus from the Gospel of John. Peace, my friends. Peace, I leave you. Peace. Peace of mind. Peace of heart inside your body. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, 
please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.